welcome back and thank you for being with us. It is nine o'clock. Brad Gilly, good morning. Welcome back as a host. We're going to be talking with Brad from World Product. Brad has been uh, one of the early supporters of EPAR Trade. So Brad, on behalf of Judy, uh, my co-founder and everyone else at EPAR Trade, thank you so much for believing in us, uh, you know, two and a half years ago. It's because of you guys that were there at the beginning with us that have helped us grow this to where we are today and that we're able to offer the industry this wonderful week. So thank you for nine o'clock, Brad Gilly, you're in charge. All right, thank you very much, Francisque, and thank you very much, John. Uh, really appreciate it, and appreciate everyone who's joining us right now here for Online Race Industry Week. And for this session, we're going to be talking about world products and uh, PBM performance products. And our panel today, uh, Brad Sauls, World Products Operations Director of PBM, and Andy Beal of Beal Racing Engines. And a couple of things before we get started, I want to let you know that if you want to connect directly with PBM and World Products, you can go to epartrade.com. You can go to their page and you can actually connect with them directly to find out more. If you have a question here over the next hour or so, you can type it into the chat feature and we'll get your questions in as well, because I'm sure a lot of people are curious about uh, what you guys have to offer. So uh, we'll start with both of you and I'll just kind of read through some brief bios real quick so everyone knows who you are. Uh, Brad Sauls grew up going to the races with his dad, sparked a lifelong passion, he manages product development and manufacturing at World Products, involved uh, in manufacturing aftermarket engine components for well over a decade. And Andy Beal has been an engine builder since 1997, specializing in uh, BBC drag race engines, won many bracket races, 75 of them, pro mod races. They build approximately 200 engines per year, uh, which is a substantial amount when you consider the amount of days that we have in a year. So, uh, gentlemen, first of all, welcome. And, and Brad, let me start with you um, and just let you kind of introduce us to world products and uh, PBM performance products for those who might not be familiar. Absolutely. Good morning. Um, 33 years ago, this wonderful dream of world products kind of kicked off the ground. Um, it's traveled a long way since then. Um, in 2012, October of 2012, uh, PBM Performance Products kind of absorbed the cast iron division of world products and carried it on to what it has become today, um, a consistent performer in the aftermarket industry. Um, strong basis with uh, engine builders such as Andy and many other we have built our relationships with them to constantly improve this product and take it to the next level where it needs to be today and one thing we're focusing on is the power adders that have come into the market and the play in all division racing all right. And, uh, and Andy, uh, for you, I'm, I'm actually just right down the road from you. I'm here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. I know you guys are up in Thomasville, North Carolina, but um, tell us a little bit about Bill Racing Engines and, uh, and the customers you service and, and the things you provide. Bill Racing Engines has been in business since actually 1984. My father started and started off as the, uh, the great little streetcar club guys meet on Friday night, Saturday night, streetcar racing and a, a place where you could buy your little upgrade stuff, cams, nitrous kits, carburetor, stuff like that. And then as I grew and grew up um, and got more affiliated with racing and, and career rolling, um, roughly I graduated high school in 97. That's basically when I buckled down and went hard full time into our business and 
molding it into what's today a, basically a big block heaven on earth that, um, I mean, as we speak, I've got 50 on in the house right now for freshening and brand new ones. And uh, it's keeping us busy. And, um, and so I'm very, very fortunate to have the contacts that I have and being able to grow up with the, uh, the people right here in North Carolina that I consider motorsports capital of the world um, to help grow our business into what today is a really big and we're shipping engines all over the world. I'm very happy. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, Brad, the, the, the theme of this session, big block considerations for boosted applications and, you know, where people are trying to make power and how they can do that reliably, efficiently, and, you know, get down the line, get on the track, everything that they need to do uh, to be able to do it faster than everybody else. So what are some of the current trends that we're seeing right now and maybe some things that people need to know? Well, biggest thing that we have, we have always focused on is material strength and quality. Um, as you can understand, there is a lot of horsepower being applied to engine blocks uh, far beyond what we've seen in the past. Um, it is, as a stand here today, I've seen as much as 57 pounds of boost thrown in a cast iron block and for it to hold together. And 3,350 horsepower at the crank, it, it's, it's kind of amazing. And what it's taken to do that is to kind of step back at the drawing board, make sure that we can keep the integrity of the block together for that and hopefully beyond um, strength in the main webbings actually looking at fasteners and larger is not always better actually being able to retain the material in the block hold everything together for that um, increasing the strength of the material um, weight is always a consideration when it comes to cast iron but we're seeing that increasing to a schedule 40 the tensile strength that that contains compared to stock or stock replacement blocks and what it can hold together, the increasing the, of, of that tensile strength, the Brunel hardness that comes along with it, it, it holds together better than what you've seen in the past. You know, you mentioned like 3,300 horsepower. What, what is the horsepower limit of a stock or a stock replacement block that, that we can do right now? Well, we know with we, we know the limitations that we've seen because everybody wants to try to cut corners up front and use something they've got the cap and the material in the in a stock block is usually around thirty thousand tensile strength, which seems very very reliable. But once you get past about seven hundred horsepower, especially if you're adding any kind of power adder, you're really walking a fine line of needing to look to an upgraded aftermarket block that can handle any kind of power to that ratio. Yeah. Andy, when, uh, you know, when you start talking to customers and, and they bring you what they've got, but they also ask for what they want. And those are two different things. Um, what are those conversations like? Yeah. I, I joke and pick and cut up with guys. They, they call me and they, they, they all want $20,000 engines, but they're on $7,500 budgets, you know? So um, yes, we, we conform to anyone's budget and what has to be. And, and unfortunately, sometimes I have to turn away jobs because they, there are certain things that you just can't cut or limit something on. Um, and then the core part, the block itself is such an important part when the guys are wanting X amount of horsepower 
And um, um, over the stock integrity, you know, granted years ago when this stuff was invented, that, that's one thing. And, and I've seen guys push it. They bring things and, and golly, you see the, the webbing movement, the caps walking. You see all this stuff right here. It's like, look, we have got to back this thing down. You're going to have some catastrophic, you know, and, and what sounds like a small little, well, the engine blew is one thing. But if you're traveling 100, 120, 150, and you have that kind of failure, it can do a lot more than just blow up an engine. It can crash a car, cause harm, this, that. So I very much stress when the guy's looking for 800, 1,000, 1,200, 1,500 horsepower, is to guide him in the way in which I know, hey, this part will be able to handle what you're wanting. And if the funds are not there for it, then I strongly recommend don't go this way. Don't sabotage, you know, or substitute. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's completely understandable. You know, Brad, Andy just mentioned cap walking, you know, what are some measures that, that you can take to mitigate that? Well, a huge step that we take in all our blocks is dual registered. Um, and we come up with a ring dial design that also helps keep everything into place. You've got a step register that, and especially on our end, we use a much beefier cap than any other aftermarket block or factory stock block um, that's manufactured today. Um, Andy will definitely point out 150 thou taller. Um, and we've also worked with oil pan manufacturers to redesign their scrapers and some of their rails to work with that as, as well. And we constantly work with that because we know the amount of that's being thrown at the blocks. We wanna make sure we keep everything together on that bottom end to keep uh, even even past the stock block to keep that oil down and to keep the drivers safe. It's very, very important. Yeah. Hey, you know, we have a question from the chat, actually. Uh, Derek Dixon wants to know, uh, can you guys design and develop a reliable engine used for the street that's not currently used in the automotive industry? Um, we do get approached often on uh, product projects like that. Um, the biggest thing when it comes to that is tooling and tooling is a considerable cost. Um, it, it takes almost half a million dollars to come to the table. So if the demand is there, um, but you can imagine you want to amortize the cost of that, spread it out. I don't think any of us want to just come right to the table with $500,000 and go, yep, let's, let's sell 20 engine blocks. So there definitely has to be a demand to even really consider the process. And um, as recently as last week, I had a conversation with a gentleman that actually is an engineer and he sees, he sees a potential for something coming up the pike. And as I spoke with him, um, if you can, if you can kind of show us that you really think this thing is going to take off and, the, and it's not just today's flavor of the week, then, you know, it's something that definitely consider. So yes, we can, we can start from the ground up very well. How about you, Andy? You ever run across people that, uh, that, that want big high horsepower, but in their daily driver? Um, yes. Uh, yes and no, not so much daily drivers, but, um, our, of, of all the brand new agents we do, we probably do 20 to 25 a year where gentlemen orders, uh, 630 cubic pump gas combinations so we put this little deal together and and it, it's a naturally aspirated thing that runs on 93 octane hydraulic roller it's it's literally something you can pull into the gas station fill it up and ride off with and it's and it makes over 800 horsepower 
with just single carburetor with nothing. Um, guys love that. They one thing that's brought it the attention with the tree car stuff is, golly, the uh, television shows, the the different things that's bringing this and that. Hey, the street racing, shut the roads down, do this, do that. So it's it generates a whole bunch of causes and that. I personally don't get a whole lot of the daily driven things, but some really high horsepower street things that they can put gas in and just ride off and not have the crazy maintenance of valve train rockers, this or that, keep it hydraulic roller, you know, stuff like that. And, um, uh, and, and world Prox has, has done a phenomenal job on producing a piece in which will, uh, accommodate those, those deals. And uh, that's about the, it, extent of the street deal on my end <laughs> but um those 20 to 25 i do a year of those those are some really happy customers those are the ones that always reach out and contact later and say man i should have done this years ago this is awesome because people read magazines this that they they think they have a 800 horsepower 900 horsepower but when they really have it it's a it's a animal on the street <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that, that's fantastic yeah i would imagine those television shows uh do, do a lot of good and, and sometimes some bad and some frustrating things for uh you know uh what you guys have in your businesses as well you know with that being said brad if someone you know is calling uh pbm performance products world products and saying hey this is what my end goal is you know how can you get me there when it comes to actually helping someone with a complete build and not only helping someone with a complete build but also having the parts and being able to supply them with the parts that they need to be able to do that what do they get when they call well one thing we specifically worked on and is actually pre-engineered kits from from manifold the pan um we've worked more towards some some streetable applications, but we've actually started engineering to even make it easier for builders. Obviously, we want to be a one-stop shop for most folks. One phone call, one email. You don't have to spend the time on the phone tracking down this part. We have relationships with um, almost everybody, um, all the major piston manufacturers, gas, gasket manufacturers, in between, everything, um, from Edelbrock uh, to Kometic, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on. The amount of parts that are in this warehouse you step outside my door is just absolutely breathtaking. Um, but back to it, we make adjustments to those kits depending on their applications. For instance, we have a gentleman who called up yesterday. He wants to buy 10 632 kits, but use them in tugboats. So gasoline powered tugboats. And we are going through right now. Now, um, a big, a big part of that application helping out is our partnership and ownership of Urson cams, trying to spin 5,400 RPM and make that power at full throttle all the time. That's where we can get in. We have such great tech uh, team with that and kind of mitigating what needs to happen to kind of back this down, pump gas, just like we were talking about with street engines and getting that thing to rotate what they need it to and make that power. We can kind of take these pre-engineered kits and, and move things around, um, change piston dome, change a lot of things in them. We really try to just be that one-stop shop. With those pre-engineered kits, I mean, you got full data sheets on them. You know, if someone wants to look it up and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm looking for or kind of have an idea before they call of what they need. We haven't yet. Yeah. We, we will we have a ballpark of what to put them in. Everybody's got their own tricks and in, 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 in of the trade. Um, we 
we will confirm data. We try not to post or share data because again, a lot of it, a lot of our R and D is done through our close relationships with folks such as such as Andy and, and several other engine builders across the country. Um, and in the experience of some of them folks uh, spending their time sitting down with us for in working through everything and, and pointing out what's going to work and what's not going to work in certain applications. Uh, I want to remind you, if you have a question for either Brad or Andy, you can just type it into the chat and we'll ask those questions for sure. Andy, I want to ask you again when it comes to, you know, specific applications and different things that people want. And, and even Brad is talking about R&D and things that you find. Where does a customer typically start? I mean, are you running into people who say, you know, this is my specifics. I want you to put it together versus how many people are saying, look, I, you know, here's what I want. I need you to come up with a solution reasonably. Um, the, the customer in that type deal right there, it's about a 50, 50 deal. You have guys that's been in the sport for a long time and like it or not, a, a name brand of a company can be a great company, great product and never have an issue, blah, blah, blah. And, and let's face it. If, if there's a, a part failure, a lot of times a part failure, it can happen, but a lot of times it takes several things to happen to generate extra stress on a part to create. And, in our racing world, let's face it, we bolt these things together so that they can go wide open, do what they got to do, and show all the abuse you can. And um, this gentleman that has an issue that 10 years ago, he had this part break. Well, he's going to stay away from that name brand no matter what from here on. So they'll call me up and say, hey, I'm looking for this. I want this kind of horsepower right here, but I don't want this name right here. I had an issue years ago, and so – as the sales guy, number one, you got to make the customer feel as, as comfortable as possible and um, and understand where he's coming from just because he's got past experience. And uh, so you, you build around that. And then the other 50% of customers call me up and they're like, hey, I'm seeing this on TV. I'm racing every weekend this. I want to be at this speed. What kind of power would it take to put it there? And I'll give them my recommendation. And we've now gotten big enough and broad enough and outsource so much stuff that people know who we are. They, they really trust your word. And when they can go and see products such as world, uh, when they can go to like my website and do a shop tour, when they can see this stuff, the comfortability zone is so good. And um, the racers now, there's very, very few racers now that don't know anything except a checkbook and just want to write a check. Now, People's done so much research due to um, social media, due to television, due to everything. They have so much homework they bring to the game before that conversation. So when you have that conversation with them, the comfortability zone is very, very good. And those guys I really like. The the other 50% that, that had a problem years and years ago, I can talk to them for hours about well, usually it takes this, this, and this to happen for a, a part to fail like that. But no matter what, you're not going to change that guy's mind. So you just um, really generate that comfortability zone and try to target what they can do, what their means allow them to do, and offer the best product you can. You know, Brad, you were talking about the, the thousands of parts that are in the warehouse behind you, um, just perusing mm -hmm. through the World Products website and all of that. You guys actually have six warehouses throughout the country, right, that you can ship from to get things to people quick? 
We do have warehouses throughout several regions of the country, pretty much just west of the Mississippi and on through. Um, we've downsized a little bit and gone to phone centers to help more with the technical and because advancements in the technology with shipping alone has actually made that a little bit simpler and it's just a better process. We can get faster shipping centralized or the regions of shipping in one day to two day have, have expanded as well as uh, competition in that. Um, there's other smaller delivery companies that can get you sometimes same day parcel. So we've actually downsized on as far as six full warehouses. We still maintain the three, six phone centers to keep up with all the phone traffic coming in. But thanks to the technology advancements and the hard work of all the parcel companies and freight companies, we still hit that same target zone in a, uh, with less real estate involved. That makes sense. You know, as any racer knows or should know, um, you absolutely make your season in the off season. And I'm sure right now people are doing everything they can to uh, make sure when they get to hit the track, uh, when the season opens next year, or maybe they've got some off season racing they're doing as well. Uh, But this is a busy time of year for sure for your industry, but it's also a very strange time of year with everything else that we've got going on. You know, Brad, what do people need to know? Uh, I mean, as far as um, any delays that might be incurred, I know not necessarily through any fault of you guys, but just simply the Mm -hmm. fact that we're in COVID. And if you want something and if you're planning something, how quickly they need to start really thinking about that and making action happen. Well, I can fortunately speak on the world products aspect of it. We have not stopped, except for holidays, we have not stopped one day of production. Um, just normal shutdown for maintenance around the holidays. So as far as uh, engine blocks and cylinder heads produced by world, we have not stopped at all this year. We've actually benefited by having our inventory. Um, Suffice it to say, though, when it starts coming to the smaller parts, gaskets, um, rear main seals, there has been an influx of delays, partially because of where some of these products are manufactured and the governments of those states playing it safe. Um, Those are things you really need to start planning ahead for. A lot of your core parts are still available. Uh, Lifters are starting to, especially small block Chevy lifters. We have 11,000 on back order right now that we're ordering from, from various manufacturers throughout the country. So the sooner the better right now, we know we've all experienced this fantastic year of, of dealing with a different lifestyle and everything. So it has affected across the board. Getting, the, getting your rotating assemblies aren't seeming to be as hard, but some of the other parts absolutely are starting to come harder and harder to get by. Because people have been at home and people are finishing those project, projects, be it in the house, the race car, or what have you. So the demand has been up. And I know for a fact, um, Pioneer, uh, we carry plenty of their plugs and everything. They, they're selling more this year than they have in the past. So they're, they're able to handle, handle the manufacturing. Um, some of our vendors are having some struggles. And a lot of it really has to do with restrictions of, in, of government regulations. So you really need to stay on the ball and stay ahead of it if you're looking to be Um, especially in the warmer weather states. If you're looking to test by February, you need to order yesterday. Wow. We want, we want everybody to stay up on it. How about, how about on your end of the business, Andy? I mean, look, one thing we know uh, and we've learned that racers are going to race, we're going to find a way to keep going. Um, So on your side of things, how are, how have these times affected business 
um, he's hit the nail right on the head. It, all it's really done, like to me at the end of the year right now on the computer, I punch up sales and sales are at or more than they've been before because people are trying to prepare. They've got more time sitting around home or doing this or doing that. And so the orders just haven't stopped. It, it's been crazy. Um, so we've been very, very blessed with that. I have personally had to change ways of my purchasing and let's face it, stock so much more stuff, pre-order stuff, knowing that if this particular style of engine, guys is wanting this engine right here. Okay. If I have 10 of these engines on order with me, that's a pretty good sign that there'll be 20 on order with me in a little bit of time. So let me go ahead and place an order to compensate for this. So I've seen manufacturers have to push out lead times and on a small shop, it, it can hurt. And it might've hurt us at the very beginning until I learned how to purchase a little differently. Um, because what I'm used to, I can put my hands on this in two days and I can finish this piece up, but you need but one or two of those deals where a $200 part is holding you up from $15,000 motor being finished. It needs to go out. So, um, you learn from that and go by it. And so now when parts are delivered, it's almost like they're all delivered on pallets and I've got way more than I need, but I'm doing this so that the customer, I don't want him to go somewhere else simply because of a time frame deal. So um, yeah, it's changed my way of running a business and stocking the amount of parts that is my most popular movers. So when I order, I need 10 of these, I make sure I get 20 or 30 coming. I mean, it's, it's just how I've had to do things this year, but even with COVID in numbers, I'm, I'm very, very blessed. And, and I'm grateful that I've learned how to do business this way to make the customer always more comfortable. Like we talked before. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys um, are, are kind of ahead of the game um, in being able to make sure that you can service customers as well. Uh, sticking to the theme uh, of this particular session, big block consideration or block considerations for boosted applications. Uh, Brad, I want to ask you, um, with high cylinder pressures associated with power adders, how much does cylinder wall deflection affect power? Well, I'm going to deflect that right back to our man, Andy. <laughs> how about that one? <laughs> yeah. Well, if I, let's face it, um, with power adders, boost, nitrous, anything you're talking about, if cylinders, the more cylinders deflect, the obviously the, the greater power it's going to take away from you. Um, ring seal, motor sealed up is such an important part of the motor being what we call as engine builders. The motor's got to be happy. If the motor's happy, it's going to live. The motor's happy, it's going to make power. And anytime there is cylinder deflection and movement and structures under heat boost this or that that absolutely moves and changes and changes ring seal and heat distribution then all of a sudden vacuum numbers go down um uh blow by goes up cylinder leakage up and at the end result it ends up costing you Number one, way less time on the motor. Number two, way less horsepower in the motor and the motor just not being happy at all. And if it got bad enough, which could generate catastrophic issues starting such as detonation, uh, other things besides just timing causing detonation or this or that, um, things like that could be bad, you know, keeps me in business. <laughs> but 
uh, end result, the, the customers, they, they want to be able to go out there, take their boosted application and get the power they want and not go through that stuff and be able to repeat, have a great day at the racetrack, come back home and get ready to do it again next week. They don't want to have to be fighting this week after week after week. And uh, so it, that's a very, very good question. And the world has went above and beyond the way they structure a block to absolutely minimize um, sooner while deflection and movement, the, the material of the block, the fact that it's all Siamese, the fact that the, the deck is so thick, um, the all hip bolt holes are blind, uh, everything in this thing, the way the um, caps are splayed in this deal, it makes the structure of this block so superior that I'm not seeing crazy things. Even my guys with good boosted applications, um, I'm not seeing crazy, crazy things. And I'm around some weird stuff. I mean, high, high horsepower stuff. Guys wanting, they've got capabilities to make 3,000 horsepower, but they're wanting to push 4,500 into this hole. And so everything it can do, and budget's not an issue. And um, uh, World Proxies has got it. They've got a piece that really, really works with this issue and minimizes this, this as a problem. Brad, can you talk about that and block design and all that? In fact, one of the questions we had, um, why has the Berlin block been revised several times and what's the difference between the versions? Well, as, as, you, as you go back when it first kind of came into inception, you're, you're trying to make improvements off the stock block and you live and you learn. Uh, um, after, after a big block Chevy being around for, for 30 years, it was time for improvements above and beyond what the manufacturer uh, was kind of baselined off of. And you, in the aftermarket, you can slow the process down and you can really look at where the weaknesses are, where you need to garner strength at. And that is, that is kind of where the first generation stepped in as technology, as uh, the need to make more horsepower comes into play this brings on the next generation and really from there it has stepped up to um trial and error and we believe um the merlin 3 was inception when pbm purchased world products uh eight years ago and a few years back um kind of back to the drawing board with it um seeing the power adders, seeing more power needing to be thrown at the blocks. It was really time to step back and say, okay, this is what we really need to carry market for, for another five to 10, maybe 15 years out of this kid. Like, like Andy just mentioned, he's got a guy who's running at you know, 25 and wants to go to 45 or running at three and wants to go to, to above and beyond. And we kind of believe that more, up front is less in the long run. You give them that foundation where they can build it on. And that's what's brought us to the Merlin four, the Motown two. We're on a, basically a third generation, of the man of war, the small block Ford, which it's actually that small block Ford that's taken that 57 pounds of boost. And I wholeheartedly believe that the Merlin four can take it. And honestly, I'm kind of looking at doing some improvement on the Merlin four, and, and trying to get some more cubic inches out of here for some of these guys that are wanting to build larger and more power at it. 
And being that it was just three years ago, um, really kind of buttoned down and making sure that we've got our ducks in a row to make those improvements that it can go on and on and on. Um, but it's really, really the technology and the demand of the power that has kind of brought these generations to where they need to be. Well, if you, if you have a high strength aftermarket block, then how important are the main fasteners themselves? Well, we all know that bolts stretch. We all know that the more power you're throwing at it, the more, the more you need everything to hold together. And it's very important with us. We've had a long time relationship with ARP fasteners and you're probably going to be hard pressed to find anybody else in the business to make a better fastener. Um, grade eight bolts are, are, are able to be used in certain parts, but really when you're holding the main caps, your rods together, everything it is fabulous in, in, in what ARP actually puts into their design. And they share a lot of that on their website. Um, I kind of was just touching base on some things here in, in this morning and just kind of re kind of looking through and it's, it's, they put so much effort into it and 95% of the blocks that we manufacture, we use them in. There's a couple, um, a couple blocks that we don't, it's not a matter, matter of cost. They're more of a Marine application where that tensile strength, and stretch running at lower RPM. Um, we do that just as, to make it cost effective for the builder, but the, I can't express enough how important it is to have that hole in your bottom end, throwing that amount of power at it. And ARP has been an excellent partner with World Products for several years and right off the shelf. You're getting the top line fasteners right then and there. No upgrade charge. It's right there, right out of the box. That's awesome. You know, uh, Andy, for you, you know, when someone gets power and then they start to feel comfortable with it, they always want more power. And, you know, a lot of times you see, especially if you watch YouTube videos and things like that, people are just adding more and more boost. And all of a sudden, you know, they're blowing out gaskets and doing different things like this. Whenever you start to do that, what are some things that you actually really need to take into consideration? Um, when, when, when we're talking about a boost application and yeah, they're wanting a little more, a little more, a little more and, and have an issue, then, then yes, we'll from, from the normal bracket naturally aspirated deal, we'll use a, you know, a good uh, Felpro performance head gasket, this, that 14 to one compression. It's, it's all great. Now, when we start throwing some stuff in this thing, moderately um, step up, upgrade the uh, comedic head gasket, uh, which is a, a basically a solid sheet of stainless and then just sealant layer um, dramatically increase the strength of the head gasket helps. And then when they want even more and more, then, um, then on, I'm very fortunate enough that um, we, we have a, a CNC block machine in center. So I get to take these world products block, try out of the box, put them in a CNC and I've got programs for everything from the bore in the deck and the lifter bores, uh, stroker milling, um, O-ringing. So if we want to make it strong, strong, we can O-ring the block, copper head gasket, put receiver grooves in the heads, and to absolutely generate the absolute best cylinder sealed pressure that we can do because we know how much pressure is going to be going in here as they're wanting more and more and more. Um, so that, the fact that, um, so head gasket wise in stages right there, um, then 
it may be a little different and I'm not sure Brad's exact deals when I do where they have different caps when I do ass caps which is most of them I've got guys running 1200 horsepower naturally aspirated a small boost application or nitrous application and taking it to 15 1600 and when that guy brings his motorbike from freshen, I'm not seeing no issues, no nothing with that right there. Um, I've, I've yet to see a failed main issue. But when I'm starting off and we're going to go above 1,500, hey, we want, we're wanting this Pro Charger setup that's going to be 2,000, 2,400, 2,500 for this bracket racer type guy, then I really don't make it an option. I go straight to the billet cap op- application just to give it more strength. I mean, let's face it. Boost is doing one thing. It's trying to push the crank out the bottom of the motor. So the best structure we can have in the bottom of this motor and the whole main cap, webbing, everything is what's going to hold this thing when they start putting 20, 30, 40 pounds of boost on this deal. Um, So those two items as far as O-ringing, different gaskets on the head, and then strengthening up the main webbing to handle more and more boost applications is – what I consider key. <laughs> I like the way you described that, <laughs> trying to push the crank right out of the bottom of the motor. Um, you know, Brad, for you, I mean, obviously you've got great builders like Andy, who are wonderful customers, and a lot of other people out there. Um, I would imagine that at almost every day you sort of become uh, just a, a research clearinghouse for some of the things that people see and some of the issues, which certainly helps you guys continue to develop everything you're doing. But not only that, help recommend to customers some things they need. Can you maybe give us some examples of just how how being sort of the hub of this network really helps your customer base? Well, I've gone uh, on my way to make myself able even even on the starting line it, it races watch what's going on too with what these guys are building and, and and seeing the stress of what they're putting on there we are a huge team here we have one of the greatest camshaft gurus i think probably with within the industry um we also have the gentleman who oversees our camshaft manufacturing is a longtime engine builder himself. He's probably assembled as many cylinder heads as, is is about anybody himself. When it, when a, a, when a problem develops or the potential of stepping above and beyond what somebody's done in the past, we kind of collectively put our heads together and work as a team alongside with the builder racer to, collaborate and really kind of use that wealth of knowledge to put things together. There are minds around here that we're very fortunate to be able to rely on and and give that help to the public. I understand accessibility is not always the easiest thing, but I will always step up above and beyond. I hear things. If I'm walking by somebody's cubicle, I will try to try to give a hand with that customer service is where we really try to go above and beyond uh, compared to um, a, a lot of companies and everybody does a great job at it, but we really, really thrive and work hard to help everybody out here the best we absolutely can. So we will sit down and, and even on our own personal time, we will, we'll jot down notes and we'll get together and a phone call for an hour after work. Sometime I make myself very accessible. Um, I've been known to answer the phone at eight o'clock in the evening, nine o'clock in the evening. If it's somebody that I know has needed something or if they leave me a message, I give them a call back. 
So we, we try to, we try to put that teamwork together and also, you know, we'd reach out to another builder. Um, Andy's been, Andy's been helpful to us. I've had several builders have been helpful. Um, somebody comes along, if there's a parts change, um, for instance, there's a Morosto block off plate that somebody had approached me with and said, we haven't used one of these in the Merlin four versus the Merlin three. Did you do something a little bit different in the machining? Absolutely. Yes, we have. Unfortunately, we have the, we have the relationship with Moroso, so we can reach out. Um, if I don't have the part on the shelf to mock it up myself, I can get it very quickly. And that's very beneficial to us compared to a lot of other manufacturers. We have that stuff around. We can do that mock-up right here in-house. I keep one of every style block. Basically, our PRI display, I keep it right outside my office. So when that, that call happens, if it's something like that, I can pop right out there. If I have the part on the shelf, I can grab it, really physically look at it and see exactly what they're coming across. So there is a huge benefit with that as well. Wow, that is a pretty huge benefit uh, to be able to, to actually, before someone actually gets something and you've shipped it, and you've done all of that process and everything. Uh, Andy, I want to ask you too, you know, when someone wants to change one thing, a lot of times that necessitates a change in something else, somewhere else in the engine, just to make sure you can compensate. We were talking about, you know, oiling systems and different things like that. What are some considerations that people need to have, you know, whether they're going directly through you or, you know, maybe they're calling Brad and looking at doing something themselves, but you know, it, how does this affect that? If you will. Um, as far as explain to me again, your question right there. You know, sometimes some might, you know, a lot of times you find out, Hey, we did this to the engine. Maybe we added more boost or maybe we did this, but now we're finding out that, we're not getting enough oil here or we're not getting this there. You know, we talked about gaskets earlier and things like that. What are maybe what are some common things that you see that when someone changes one thing, they didn't realize they had to change another thing as well to compensate for it. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things that I see personally is when people do change, like say um, anything that they do normally, let's face it, racers are racers and it's not so much about, cost or this or that it's about going faster hey what can i do i want to go faster so whatever it happens to be as far as um, um boost nitrous oxide bigger motor this or that um in doing so they can they can end up with a couple little issues that fall i i've i've had guys that that have had customers for years and they started off and they're in this eight nine hundred horsepower range and then through the years, they stepped up and stepped up and stepped up. And through the years, they found problems such as, Andy, why does, man, I, I go through, I make this great pass. Everything's great. My motor's doing good. But in the shutdown, my oil pressure goes way down. Now, it'll come right back up um, as soon as I make the turn off and everything's great. And I have to explain, well, there's a little bit of difference now. You was running eight, 900 horsepower before. You reached these speeds. So G-force was this. And then as soon as the run's over, negative G-force is this. Now, we just took your application and you have 500 more horsepower. So your acceleration G-force is immensely more and your deceleration G-force, negative G-force, is immensely more. By doing so, oil's going everywhere now. You're just running away from the pump, doing this, doing that. So let's make some changes. Let's change up the pan the way it's winded, the way it traps oil to keep it around the pump. 
let's do this, let's do that. Let's alter ways that you're doing engine shutdown. Let's do this, do that to, to give the motor more life and not run into these issues that you could run into with these high horsepower applications. Um, uh, with the boosted applications, let's keep the motor happy as we talked before. So I know you're used to running this timing because you like this and the way this is. Well, what comes with more boost is that higher chance of detonation, this, that. So we're going to fall into another category where we, we're going to bring this timing down to make this motor happy. Um, so anything we can do to make the motor happy will be great. Anytime we can get that oil pressure not to move, you're generating so much horsepower now, it's completely different. The reason why your pro modified cars, this or that, and it has 3,000 to 4,000 horsepower, as soon as they go through the traps, everything is shut down. It's because they don't know where this oil is. I mean, it is anywhere because of the, the darn G-force is crazy. Um, so, yeah, there's a constant other things changing with adding power that we try to compensate for and help guys out with. And, again, experience-wise, I can relay this so that's not an issue for a gentleman. We can take care of it at the beginning. Um, that's one great thing with these 23 years I have vested right now and the great contacts I have. Um, it's, it's really come a long ways. And, and as far as like what you was talking about a while ago with Brad, as far as how they are as a company on working with somebody, Hey, there's a change or there's this or that. They have been phenomenal with when, the, when the, when the four first come out, I mean, they came out to our shop and we had just got our CNC block machine and we altered the like China wall just a little bit. So we have gap between that and the intake uh, as it's sealing up. Um, so many things they've done to compensate and help out um, um, the belt drives, whether it's Exodyne, Jessel, Comp, anything. They'll bolt right on the front of their blocks because they put the initial internal mill on the front so that you don't have to do that by hand anymore or or extra things so they're constantly making things better as far as the stages of their blocks going from the merlin the merlin two the three to now the four it's done nothing but generate better and better quality piece yeah brad that's a a, a heck of a testimonial for you guys at pbm performance products and world products and you know as, as andy's talking about that i just keep thinking to myself being able to go to one place and have a complete solution for what you're looking for and, and not only a complete solution, but maybe something that you can continue to grow with as well. Um, you know, you know, let's just kind of talk again about what all you have to offer over at PBM for the racer to be able to be that one-stop shop. Well, again, we've got at a great foundation with our blocks, cylinder heads. We're also our exclusive distributor for filer cylinder heads so the aluminum aspect is covered there from your small block Ford and small block Chevy to some of the finest uh, big block uh, aluminum heads out there CNC ported uh, or not um, you can get them right out of the box play with them run your own program in them um, Urson cams has been around since 1964 there is a catalog probably about yay thick of grinds uh, anywhere from diesel pulling grinds to uh, remanufacturing um, again, the great minds that doing that and we keep it old school and simple. We do not CNC grind the cams. We actually get them out on the Burko and, and really pay attention to them. We drew every single cam and then let's go to the PBM line. Um, you, there is from gaskets to crankshafts to rods to wrist pins. I mean, you can put together everything on top of that. 
Um, we do very other manufacturers camshaft, crankshafts. Um, driven race oil is something we are huge on and exclusively use that. E3 spark plugs, we exclusively carry that line. Um, there is pretty much nothing that you can't find. There's very few manufacturers out there that we do not have a relationship with. So anything, anything engine related, this was the whole premise of this engine parts warehouse is what it all started under. And even, even for the builders who are uh, going to rebuild the, uh, the hot rod or even do um, some reman on the shop truck, we even have all the replacement parts there on hand as well. Wow, that is full service for sure. I do want to remind folks that uh, if you want to learn more about PBM Performance Products and World Products, you can go to their page at epartrade.com. And through that portal, you can actually contact them directly and ask questions that you might have or, or look for any type of service that you might have as well. Um, you know, Brad, this has just been a wonderful conversation. And, and Andy as well, um, you know, being able to talk to you, I'm sure there's a lot of things that people are learning along the way. But um, we really appreciate you guys being a part of Online Race Industry Week. I think, um, you know, what you offer is invaluable to a racer, especially when it comes to, you know, performance, reliability, and obviously convenience. I mean, everything seems to be there. And we thank you for that. Thank you. Absolutely. Glad to be a part of this. Definitely. Awesome. I think you're muted, Francisque, if you're talking. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, beauty of being live. You know, sometimes you... <laughs> Oh, I forgot about them this time. <laughs> but uh, uh, thank you, gentlemen. Great session. Again, Brad, thank you for your early support. Uh, without mm -hmm. you guys, we would not be here. So thank you very much on the behalf of my business partner, Judy, and everyone at Portrait. We, we are very thankful. And Brad, uh, we'll see you later today with Scott. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.